Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Success and Sales, Hats and Chats with Mike McDonald and a very special guest. We have Ronan Leonard joining me today. Ronan, thanks for being a guest on the show. Michael, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this one. It sounds like it's going to be a really much a two-way street with uh, this topic. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So you're known as the mastermind guy, which is funny because the title of the show is going to be the mastermind guy. So if we've got the, the best person for the job, Ronan, I, th- I think you're up to, the t- up to the task at least. I'll do my best and we'll, we'll, see, how, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So what I want to do to set the scene a little bit is <clears throat> explain to us how you got into masterminds. What was the, the driving force behind you getting started? And then explain to us as well what a mastermind is and how it differs from, say, like group coaching or group mentoring, all those sorts of things. Sure, absolutely. So I got into masterminds pretty late in my business life. I started a business over 15 years ago where I used to work on cruise ships. And then when I finished working on cruise ships and emigrated to Australia, I looked like most people looking to do something other than working for, for the man. And I used all my skill sets from the casinos to, to start a casino party business. And I grew that from just one table to 50 and from one event a year to 300. Uh, so it grew quite exponentially. But I found that I was really struggling for ideas and advice and support. And it was only when I joined a mastermind about four years ago that I had this light bulb moment came off. So why haven't I had this for the last decade where I've got that support group around me where you can bounce ideas off other people, you can talk about your struggles and your fears rather than having to unload to your partner or you know, try and find somebody that understands what you're doing. So that's how I eventually got into masterminds. And the second I was in there, I thought, okay, this is what I should be doing. This, this, this feels like my purpose. So when, when we think about masterminds and when we try to, to dive into the concept, you know, mastermind tends to bring up a lot of different things for different people. And, you know, people have different ways a mastermind can look. People can <clears throat> go about the mastermind in lots and lots of different ways. So as someone that's experienced, I would imagine a lot of different masterminds in a lot of different ways that they can look. Is there, is there any real way you can define what a mastermind is? Well, Napoleon Hill, who coined the phrase, defined it as where a group of two or more people come together in, to create this supermind and effectively to work in harmony towards uh, an, an output or, or a common good. That's the sort of rough definition. It's a little bit like baking a chocolate cake. There are a million and one ways to do it and they all taste great and they're all different. So you can always put your unique spin and, and and your variation of that. It's not a hard and fast rule. So for anybody that's not really sure about a mastermind, one of the best uh, ways I describe it is that if you've ever been to a gallery and seen Renoir or Degas or Monet, those amazing impressionists. Now, they, they came together in this cafe in Paris almost nightly, and they shared ideas, they shared paint, Quite possibly they shared even girlfriends. And they actually created the impressionist <laughs> movement. 
so they didn't ha it didn't happen in isolation. There wasn't just Monet saying this is the way art should be or this is my interpretation of art. They collectively all came up with the impressionist movement together as they shaped that idea and they and they talked to each other and they helped each other. And, and obviously that became a billion, multi-billion dollar industry effectively. So that's probably the best example of what a mastermind could be at, at its absolute peak. Does that help? Yeah, it does. So a mastermind is literally, it's almost like a, a group of people that, you know, either have a common goal or they just help each other achieve each other's goals or whatever it is. Is there, is there any way of it being, I guess, does it have to be people that have a, like the same goal in mind or can it be more of a collaborative thing? It could be both. It, again, there, there's more than one ways to skin a cat. So there, there is a thing called groupthink where you have to be wary of if everybody is in the same mentality, then you end up with a pretty average answer because everyone thinks the same. So if you're all marketers, then you're all talking about funnels, for example, and, and then it becomes this groupthink where nobody has enough um, outside um, different point of view differentiation. So everyone just agrees and, and, and comes to a, an answer that isn't particularly robust or innovative. Uh, on the flip side, obviously, when you get people together, the sum of their collective is always better than the smartest person in that group. So if you've got five or six people working together, the end result is always better than the smartest person of those six people. So it, it is a combination of some of those things to ensure that um, the answer you get, if you, you're in a group and you say, look, I'm struggling with this, and then four or five people give you a different way of looking at something, a different idea, completely left field scenario, where you come out with that and go, okay, I've got a far better idea than when I went into that group. I quite like that when you said that even like five people can be better than you know, or more effective than the smartest person by themselves. I quite like the way, the way that you phrase that. Right. So what are the different ways that we can run masterminds then? And how, how is it different from coaching, I guess, or, or mentoring or whatever a group kind of scenario? You take, like, say, one-to-one -one coaching or mentoring. And if someone was to just convert that into group coaching, how, how is that different from a mastermind then, is it, is it simply the format or is there a bit more to it? It's partly the format. It's partly um, not really being sort of top-down guru on the hill. So even if you're running your own mastermind and you're, you're teaching things, you really want to ensure that you have that collaboration so that it's a two-way learning. So rather than you just sort of preaching or, or educating, then it becomes this a little bit more collaborative where you throw around more ideas and you get feedback and you actually learn yourself. So it's a two-way learning street, I believe. So that's probably the, the biggest subtle difference between um, coaching and, and educating versus, versus a mastermind. So yes, there is that intercollaboration. And, and, and the more you can foster everybody coming with opinions rather than you just teaching to a group, the more you get those better ideas. Where, as I said, where I've been in masterminds where somebody is telling somebody else something specific to them and... I can see the, the third person at the side furiously writing down notes because it wasn't even his question, but, and, and, and the answer really applies to him. Because I think what happens in, in our world today is that 
we have a massive amount of content. We're almost overwhelmed with it now. So 30 years ago when you started a business, it was really hard to start a business because you didn't know much information. Now it's all out there. So we have the opposite, in, uh, they have the opposite problem. We have too much information and not enough context. So you need to, to figure out how that content fits into the context for you, effectively joining the dots and say, okay, well, I, I read this high level um, idea and this concept, but that was for marketing. How does that apply to um, my bricks and mortar business? Or has it apply offline to online? So it's, it's finding those contexts to the content. And that's where the group can all come together and help you. That makes perfect sense. Because when, <clears throat> when you do say like uh, public speaking, for instance, or you do like videos or you do educate people. And then when we do this, you always do a Q&A at the end. You always do this. What questions do you have at the end? And someone will always ask a question that they wanted the answer to. But then when the person gives you the answer, chances are you help more than just that individual. You help more than just the person that asked the question. You, you, you help people that have a similar question, maybe the same question, but in a different context, as you said. So sometimes the information can help more than one person or the information might be able to fit into multiple different scenarios. And, you know, just one conversation can help everybody within the mastermind what different what different formats can a mastermind take like online offline different ways of doing things does it does it have to look a certain way or not like anything it, it evolves so it doesn't really matter i mean previously due to geographical constraints masterminds predominantly used to be in person so go away for a weekend retreat and, and have a mastermind or go and uh, meet a group regularly and have that mastermind obviously now with the virtual world it's much easier to run them online. So you can connect people all over the world on a regular basis without that sunk cost of, of driving somewhere and back and, and parking and hiring a room and all those other things. So we've definitely become, as we've become more connected, it's made it far easier to do virtual. But either work, obviously the virtual ones, you, you lose a little bit of that personal touch. So you lose that intimacy. And uh, obviously when we meet people in person, uh, we, we've, we're far easier to, for us to actually get to trust them and know, like, yeah. and trust them. So online, it's a little bit harder for that. So there are the, the pros and cons you have to weigh up and say, if you're a real people person, you probably want to go to an in-person mastermind. If you don't mind, maybe you're a little bit more introverted, then potentially the virtual one works for you. So you, know, you can try both and see what works best. How do, how do masterminds work in terms of starting one. So if people are listening to this and are thinking, okay, I'd like the idea of, of starting my own mastermind. Is there a certain type of person that perhaps shouldn't start one or isn't in a position whereby a master, starting their own mastermind is actually beneficial? You know, are there certain types of people that should start a mastermind? Maybe they're in a particular position. What does that position look like? And is there like an anti-person, the person that's like, you probably should not start your own? That's an interesting question. I think half the people that should start a mastermind don't even know it. Uh, what I see a lot is that there are so many subject matter experts out there. So we're moving more into this world of, of people are niching down. So they become really good at just one thing rather than trying to be a generalist. They do very much become specialists. But then what happens is that they 
end up with these blinkers on and, and, and see only one way to deliver what they know. And they become stuck on that. And we all talk about ROI, a return on investment. I actually like to talk about ROI as a return on in your, your intellectual property. You know, your eye is your, is your IP. So there is more than one way to deliver that and, and they just don't see it. So for example, say you, I spoke to a guy who is a bookkeeper, but he has a team in the Philippines and has outsourced that. So his costs are a third or a quarter of what they are here in Australia. Now, I was talking to him and he was talking about giving that information away. And I said, that's perfect for a mastermind. You can't tell me there's hundreds of bookkeepers out there that would want to know that. How did you scale and how did you offshore that? So some people, when you're stuck in that genius zone of what you're good at, you also dismiss it because you go, oh, that, you know, I do that all the time. That was easy. Yeah. And, and for other, other people, it's not. It's a bit like going to, to a quiz night. And someone has the answer and you say, how did you know that obscure fact? And they say, oh, it's easy. And then vice versa, you'll come up with something. And they go, I didn't know that. So it really is about swapping those ideas of, of something you really know really, really well and giving it to a market that are hungry for that because they want that shortcut. They don't want to spend the next two, three years and thousands and thousands of dollars going, how do I figure that out? So I teach people in the mastermind to quickly find out what the market wants. So instead of you assuming that people want to learn that, you very test, you test it early on uh, to, so you don't spend hundreds of hours and thousands of thousands of dollars building something that people don't want, a little bit like what most people do in business, and then using that IP to, 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 to service more people as the one-to-many. Yeah, I quite like that. I mean, is, is there anything that you think like that the person probably shouldn't start one. I mean, I know you've got this idea of niching down, which, which is fine. Which then I guess means that anyone could start one. I suppose if if the niche is around something that you you're particularly good at, something that you've experienced, you know, even just the a struggle that you've perhaps overcame, that that could be enough. I mean, is there anything that you think might not be mastermindable? I'm trying to think. I think, I think as long as there is a need for people to, to know that information on uh, a, a, a group format, then it applies to, to, to quite a large spectrum. You talked about what it, people that might not be a good fit for there. Even people that, that aren't particularly good at potentially delivering content or feel that they're not good at, at coming up with information in, in, a, in a classroom environment, that's a skill that can be very easily taught as well. Um, so off the top of my head, I'm, I'm trying to think, there might be some very technical, specific things that would be hard to teach in a mastermind. Uh, but, you know, by and large, there is a lot of commonalities in business. And so finding those commonalities in your, in your niche, in your market, where people just don't know what you know, that intellectual property that you have, then it's, it's valid as long as it passed that first sort of so what test. So if you, if you think you can do a mastermind and, and you want to do something, the very first thing is so what? So if you, if you pitch that a couple of people and they go, so what, I'm not interested, then you know, no one's going to want to join and no one's going to want to pay you. I guess that is probably the, the next thing, isn't it? Is it's not just... A group of minds together it's not just the 
the sharing of knowledge or whatever it happens to be is the fact that the masterminds are actually paid as well. So these aren't just people that are getting together, they're friends that are coming together and they're sharing ideas, they're brainstorming things, maybe they want help with something, maybe they want to work together on a project or whatever it is. This is a this is a paid system. So this is something that, from what we were talking about before we went live, Ronan, was this can actually be quite a lucrative idea. This can actually become something that's reasonably high end, depending on the you know, the format or the way you want to do it, or even the people that are in the mastermind. What would what would justify someone charging for a mastermind rather than just organising one for free themselves? It really depends on a number of factors. I mean, people who pay, pay attention, so they don't value free. So you, you can run for free. Say, for example, you just want a little bit of basic support in business. You can reach out to your network and say, hey, would you like to mastermind? I'm really good at systems. Oh, you know, you're good at marketing. Let's uh, see how we can sort of, sort of work together with a couple of people that they, they, they know or, or, or semi-know through their network. So that is possible. But effectively, if you want to have a shortcut and an outcome, then people are still willing to pay for that. And, and as you said, sort of high end, sort of pay quite well. Um, so, for example, I was speaking to a lot of virtual CFOs in, in this space about, about a mastermind. And I spoke to one woman, and effectively, for a virtual CFO, it's a fairly new niche. It takes these people about eight to nine months to get up to speed in all of the things they need to do. How do I, so you go from the corporate world as being a CFO, a chief financial officer to being a virtual one, you've got to completely organize how you sort of think, how you structure your day, how you come up with the reports online for your clients, what the expectations are, how you've unlocked those packages. It takes about nine months. So that's quite a long runway of almost zero revenue for the first nine months of your business. And when I was speaking to a couple of them, I said, okay, well, if, if you had a mastermind and someone showed you how to do that in eight weeks, would you pay for that? And they were like, hell yes, I, I would have paid for that. So that shortcut, what you have to work out is what is the outcome and what is the, what is the value of that versus the time spent doing it yourself. And when you, when you pace that out and you show somebody the, the two differences, then that's when the, the real value comes in. Are there certain types of people that would benefit? So when you mentioned the, the value side of things and the idea of, you know, we need to, to contribute somewhat, and what would the, the most effective mastermind be? Are there certain types of people that would work together and provide these different perspectives and different ways of looking at things? You know, the amount of lot of ideas I got from looking at different industries, you know, like looking at like the entertainment industry or perhaps like radio for the podcasting or learning from the film industry when it comes to like how to like start out my own events and all those things. Sometimes looking outside of your industry can actually help when you start bringing stuff in. So is there a certain like the, you know, the optimum type of mastermind the optimum people in the mastermind do they all have to have something to give as well as well as take like, has it got to be this more feedback loop like you can't have a mastermind and then have somebody in that mastermind that all they do is take from everybody else and they don't actually contribute anything themselves what sort of scenario do you see works best 
Yeah, you do need to go in with that uh, attitude of, of you're happy to, to share your knowledge and share your experience and it comes back in spades. You do find that just happens in life. You find the odd taker that, as you said, you know, takes all, all the value and, and doesn't give back. But people quickly, quickly figure that out and then tend, tend to close down a little bit and not be as reciprocal of, as, as they originally were. Uh, so effectively, as long as you're, you're a learn-it-all rather than a know-it-all, I think that's one of the things I always look for, is that there are some people that just aren't teachable. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, they'll come up with their entrenched, fixed idea of, no, no, it's got to be this way. And you go, okay, well, you know, I, I've given you three or four different data points, I've given you different, different points of view, you're just not teachable. And there are, unfortunately, there are people like that that just uh, have that fixed mentality and, and just aren't open to learning. Despite, despite what they might tell you or tell themselves. So that's one sort of red flag to look for. Uh, but certainly I, I find in, in, in masterminds, people just um, genuinely like helping other people. It's partly, it's the reason we're in business. We're in business to help people at a, at a price they're happy to pay, right? So in theory, most business owners actually like solving problems, solving other people's problems mm -hmm. and, and like doing that. So it's really just a natural extension of, of what a good business owner is, solving someone else's problem. How does the, the mastermind add or perhaps have something different than, say, a group coaching or, you know, something along those lines where there is still that niching down, there is still that specific kind of scenario as well? And, you know, perhaps they're all even going towards that same goal. You know, maybe they've all got this, this mission that they're working towards. Is, is the diversity of a mastermind also something that's valued? It really depends on the individual. I've, I've had masterminds where they're, they're quite niche and I've had masterminds where they're quite general. Everyone's in completely different industries. And although people sometimes tell you they want diversity, they often feel safer um, in their own environments. Marketers talk with marketers, um, e-commerce stores want to talk with other e-commerce store owners. So they do tend to sort of um, back to sort of what they know and, and still want to stay slightly within their comfort zone. So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one, that one. Uh, you can create a sort of really diverse group and people will love it if they're really open-minded. Others just want to, to hang around with like-minded people and, and want to stay in that sort of um, safety net because maybe it might be that time of their career where they are just looking to, to learn more about their industry and aren't that, as, that interested in, in those external different points of view because maybe they're still in that very much learning phase. And, and maybe in a, a different growth phase or a different part of their life, they would potentially be more open to outside industries and, and learning more about others. It really comes down to the individual person. Is there, so when we think about the, the investment side, right? So people that are listening, I'm digging into the weeds a little bit because masterminds are quite diverse. Masterminds are quite, you know, there's a mastermind for almost everything. So if you want to start your own mastermind, then this is probably going to be 
for you? Because we've spoken about quite a bit. We've spoken about the format. We've spoken about different ways that it can work, the different formats, taking from outside your industry, sticking to inside your industry. We've gone meetups. We've gone, you know, virtual as well. So there's a whole host of different things that we've covered. But here's the thing that I think from a business standpoint, it's probably something that you might know more about than, than most people and it's the the cost of them. It's the it's the investment and the return on that investment, I guess. So the the next question is is what what have you seen? So this is based on your own experience now, Ronan. So what have you seen regarding masterminds in terms of the investment for them financially? So I know there's some pretty high level in terms of the investment when it comes to mastermind there's loads of those out there so is there like a breakdown of what you could get for the amount of investment that you would make do you mean if you actually start one yourself or if you join one so like if if you were to if you were to join one if you were to join a mastermind and let's say the mastermind was say six to seven figures a year in terms of the investment if there's one out there i don't know this is the bit where you, you would tend to come in and share something yourself but what what would you get for something that's of the, the high-end price point and then like maybe work your way down well they're trying to pitch those really to people that um have have the necessary income to them and the necessary business experience there's no point you in your first or second year of business, joining a mastermind that's 25 grand a year, um, thinking that you are going to suddenly turn over a million dollars if you're at a hundred thousand. So yeah. you really want to sort of pitch to, to where your business level is and, and find a group that sort of matches that, to, to be honest. I mean, with regards to ROI return on investment, as opposed to the intellectual property I talk about when you, when you set your own one up, really, if you get a 10% boost on a, hundred thousand dollars a year and you get 10% the next year and it compounds through there then spending five or six thousand dollars to learn some ideas and techniques are going to be with you potentially for the next five or ten years in business to, to me that's a great return on investment that's that's really going to help you and when you can see when definitely when you can learn from other people that how they can scale something how they systemize their business how they think outside the box about leverage. One of the things I talk about all the time is leverage. Most small business owners don't think about leverage. And leverage ties into starting your own mastermind if you're at that stage where you know enough and people want what you want. That's leverage. That's leveraging your, your intellect to, to, to teach to the one-to-many. So when, when you join a group and, and somebody starts to show you those things and you go, okay, you, you, you make that mindset shift, then that five or six thousand dollars, whatever you paid, is you know paid back ten times, twenty times over. But like anything, if you go in there with a closed mindset and you don't learn and and you you don't sort of apply that, that those teachings, that information, then you're going to be exactly where you were before. Yeah, so it's, it really does seem like it is for a certain type of person for the person that does give and take, for the person that, I guess, has something to contribute as well. Because, you know, if you go to a high-level one, as you said, the £25,000 for the, the year, for instance, the people that are going to be in that mastermind are probably going to be, you know, 
people that can contribute, people that can give, people that can take, people that have connections themselves as well, like people that have like the you know the, the ability to probably grow your business like by themselves as one person. But then if you're in a, a group where there's like ten of those people then, you know, you can just sort of compound the results, I guess, as you said, you know, the the five people is going to be more effective than the smartest individual. So is there is there a part of you that, that sort of thinks that masterminds should be more popular, that masterminds should be more out there, masterminds should be more accessible? Is it a part of you that thinks that? Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be in this industry. I think it's growing. I definitely think it's something that people are, have been possibly a little bit slow to, to catch on to. Definitely people that are in the online space are, are very aware of it. But I think even more traditional businesses, like I said, the bookkeepers, those types of things, they're just starting to cotton on and saying, okay, well, I have this, this massive amount of knowledge, this huge amount of intellectual property, but how do I get it out there in a more succinct way? And how do I... Um, improve my thought leadership how do I and, and we teach all this we, we teach people how to to do some thought leadership and, and really ensure that their content is even better than they actually know already and, and, and really sort of shape that but yes we are definitely moving to that that space where masterminds are becoming more popular it's becoming part of vernacular and it's almost a must for a business owner because the reality of sitting in a small business where you've got either yourself or just a couple of staff under you who do you speak to, to to surround yourself with those ideas? And effectively, if if it was all about, you say, well, I don't need that. I can just go on the internet because of all that information. So my argument is from a great quote from Derek Sivers. It says that if information was the answer, we'd all be multimillionaires with perfect abs. So clearly <laughs> having, having all that information isn't helping us. In fact, it's often making no. us dumber. And we end up Probably. with too much information. So if you want to say if you want to start, okay, well, what email system should I use for, for autoresponders? And you can spend a day or two going through all of them and then going, well, it's too hard, I give up. Um, whereas in a mastermind, you can say, oh, what do you do? I use this because it does da-da-da-da. Oh, that's perfect. I, you know, that's that's all I need. And and then within a couple of minutes, you've got a, you've got a recommendation from someone who's already set it up, who may even say, Oh, you know, speak to my guy, he'll set up for you. It you know, takes two hours and he charges 20 bucks an hour done so those some of those shortcuts are just things are just one way that a mastermind can help you implement uh, and also come up with the new ideas so sometimes it's about implementation we can have as much information as we want but it's really implementation that's that, that sets you apart i quite like the the idea with the little shortcuts as well like can you imagine you know let, let, let's say you meet up once a month, let's just say, hypothetically, right? Because it's different formats, different ways of doing things. If every month you make one shortcut, that's 12 shortcuts that you've found. That's 12 different ways that you could have saved like two days. Let's just say, let's just say you save two days a month because of how fast you're able to 
do things, take action on things, maybe even save time, maybe even save money because you won't have tried all the different methods. You'd have gone straight for the one that someone else has. So someone else has learned, like the learning curve is someone else has taken that. Someone else has tried, tried and tried and tried and tried and they've landed on something that works and has got all of the pros and zero of the cons. And you you turn up at the mastermind and go in, which one works best? That per- you're basically taking advantage of the time that they've spent and applying it to your own business. And I quite like the way that you phrased it because it's amazing how far you can go if you make those little shortcuts every month or every two weeks or or every day, depending on the on the mastermind. Is there one last question, really? Is there a a way of finding masterminds? And I say this from someone that finds it hard to find them now there are others that are probably going to have this same sort of issue or this same sort of concern is sometimes masterminds are easy to find and sometimes masterminds are you know potentially a pain to find is there a way of finding them or is it simply a case of like if you really 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 want to find a mastermind that has these people in it has got this this idea in mind this concept in mind working towards this goal then you will find it if you know it could just be a case of googling it is it a way of finding them I don't think there's a super easy way of finding them right now, but as they become more prevalent, they, they will start to pop up. And it's one of those things that, you know, when the student is ready, the, the master appears. Uh, sometimes you'll have to try and suck a few and suck and see and, and say, okay, I joined this, it wasn't right for me, or join this, this is amazing. It's a little bit like even when you sort of hire a coach or you hire a developer, you really don't know. It doesn't matter what they say on paper and what they look like and on their resume or or their previous client wins, until you actually start to, to work with them, you really don't know. And it's the same with the mastermind. Might sound good on paper, um, all the people in the group might you know, have amazing resumes, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't gel or fit with you. So like anything else, there's no magic formula. There's no this one over that one. It is really a question of starting to sort of try a few and and, and see what works for you and, and, and keep going until you find one that does. A bit like dating, really, you know, you end up married. You, <laughs> yeah. you seldom, seldom marry the first person you met <laughs> these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fancy, fancy throwing in a bit of a dating reference there on the podcast, Ronan. I mean, of, of all, of all the things you could have put out there, of all the things <laughs> you could have put out there. All right. So when, when we think about the, the people that want to run them now, so we're going to flip the script a little bit. So we, the last question was about people that wanted to be a part of them. So what about people that wanted to run them? What's the, what's the potential for them? Is there like, I don't know. Is there a way that you see masterminds going? Is there a way that you, you look at them and go, whoa, wouldn't it be amazing if like, this was included and wouldn't it be fabulous if masterminds started being done this way and you know is there a future of masterminds that you see being a you know potential in the future i think they will evolve i mean i built a, a platform to to connect as many people as possible to a mastermind but i also realized that it's almost the cart before the horse i need to teach more and more people how to set their own mastermind up and and the, the way I do that is that uh, 
I'd say through six weeks. We really do a minimal viable offer. So everybody thinks that, um, oh, wouldn't it be great if what I knew became a course? But the, the mastermind is a step before the course because if you can't get people to pay for your information and have that access to you, then they're never going to pay for your course. Um, so you really, you effectively, I can teach people in six weeks to say, here's everything you know, let's, let's chunk it down into something that is, um, this is really interesting. They open the thought leadership sort of side to go through about let's dive into the market and see what they really want instead of you teaching people what you want to know. So there's a, different, there's a subtle difference between that and saying, okay, I know all this stuff. Let me just dump all my information out. Let me just give that to everybody or teach it to everybody. And then the market goes, actually, no, that's not what I want to know. I want to know about this. I want to know about that. So like you said, the questions at the end are often, you know, things that the, the presenter hasn't thought of. Um, so I'm really sort of getting people to, to, to come on this journey and say, okay, you know all this information. You've got two choices. You can just continue doing what you do or you can distribute it to a wider audience at a bigger scale at a better price than the one-on-one -on -one and just a, just a different way of giving that information. But it will definitely evolve and, and maybe, you know, AI will come into the mix and then that will be learning. I, I read that AI will effectively at some stage become your multiple teacher because I, I show people that there's more than one ways to for people to learn some people left brain right brain some people get they, they like a, a metaphor or a model uh, a diagram rather than information text so I, I teach all this but ultimately I AI will, will actually know you better than yourself and will give you the right learning to show you how to do something, whether you're based on your learning preferences. So maybe it'll be a combination of humans and AI. So that, that might be the future of masterminds. Awesome. I, I can't wait for that. One of the, the things that I was talking about the other day with somebody was, you know, a, AI is going to be, AI is going to be something that I guess complements us at first, but then I can definitely see them like, replacing people and replacing jobs and replacing you know a particular lifestyle i guess to a certain extent and i guess it's it's hard to see how far it can go but uh, i like the way that you, you sort of integrated the two there with the with the mastermind because as you said before people do value the face-to-face -face and effectively you know the the idea of technology and mastermind coming in could mean that face-to-face -face masterminds are even more valuable because there's not a lot of it. So perhaps that in itself creates the demand. Well, effectively, what I know, I, I read about 30, 30 books a year, and I can't keep up with the learning and, and the information out there. It's just, it's just impossible. So this is where I see the future of learning in, in an collaborative group environment because, if, as I said, if you want to sit in your in your small little office at home or in a co-working space and then try and figure it all out yourself uh, as we get more and more technical, as we get more and more specialists, as more and more um, really cool information comes out there that could be applied to our business. We don't have that time while we're busy working 40, 50 hours in the business. So finding as much shortcuts as possible, as much shared knowledge as possible, is one of the best ways to ensure that you grow and, and stay or well, stay ahead as possible, but at least try and keep up to date more than more than people that are just buried in the weeds, just doing their day-to-day -day work and, and don't have that collaboration. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think masterminds are definitely valuable, especially after talking to you today, Ronan. I mean, it's something that 
people I think do need to hear. People I think do do want to be in a position whereby a mastermind is for them, or maybe they want to start their own, whether it be paid or otherwise. And you know, thanks for for sharing the light on us for that. If people wanted to find out more about you, so this can be your chance to share websites and social media and all of those things. Where can people go? Well, if people think that the mastermind is potentially a really good avenue for them, for, for their intellectual property, you can contact me at eCountability.io or on LinkedIn, I'm Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy. So they're the two places you can contact me if you want to know more and, and we can uh, see if I can help you. All right. Great stuff, Ronan. Well, I've got one last question for you and I ask everyone this and we've had funny answers to silly answers i guess so we've had a whole host of different things and because i ask everyone this it's going to get to a point where i'm sure we're going to start seeing repeats but we haven't seen one yet so so far we haven't had a single answer that has been exactly the same we've had some that are similar but none that are the same and the no question, pressure no pressure then no pressure then no pressure don't worry i've i also don't prepare any of my guests for this question for the reaction so here we go what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know i would like them to know that that's a tough one (laughs) really ah, struggling that one uh but i'm addicted to cheese there you go you're addicted to cheese yes yes Ah, is, is is that is there a reason for that? Is it you know? Do you just like the taste, or you just like all the different types of cheeses? I, I can't walk past a, a cheese or a shop somewhere or a market and, and not buy any. So um, that's that's my it's uh, my one weakness, shall we say? Oh. Well, if you want Roland's attention, those of you that are tuning in, offer him cheese. <laughs> 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 can pay, pay me in cheese <laughs> pay, pay you in cheese yeah that'd be a lot of cheese that'd be a lot of cheese it really would <clears throat> all right Ronan well thanks for being a guest on the show I appreciate you coming on those of you that are listening make sure you either share this one out and tell people about the show or you can subscribe if you're new to the show so you can check out all of our future guests Ronan thanks again I appreciate it and I'm sure we'll keep in touch Larry, thanks Michael thanks for having me on the show